Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. White Sox and Phillies indeed coming up here. White Sox weekly till 5.30. Sox have been struggling, as you know. They've lost 18 of their last 24, if you go back to the 4th of July. Uh, only Detroit has been worse during that span. So the Sox have been, uh, you know, battling right now. They obviously have missed Tim Anderson. They've missed Aloy Jimenez. And now are going to be missing Yoan Moncada, who's out with a hamstring pull, which seems to be going around I got it myself this morning. Wilson Contreras of the Cubs just blew out his hamstring. Always stretch, team. And sometimes it doesn't come down to stretching, but you can never hurt yourself, Curtis, young Curtis, with a little extra stretch. Yeah, get those stretching elastic bands out. Elastic, get working. Elastic bands. Elastic, yeah. Get the yoga going on. All that. Gone. A three-run homer for Tim Anderson. 3-1 White Sox. Back to White Sox Weekly on 720 WGN. White Sox take on the Oakland A's. That's Friday, August 9th, 2-10, your first pitch. You can stick around for the post-game viewing of the movie Field of Dreams, brought to you by Securian Financial, who can help you make every moment count. Find out more at Securian.com. Tickets, visit WhiteSox.com today. If you build it, he will come. If you go to Guaranteed Rate Field on Friday, August 9th, you will get to see Field of Dreams after the White Sox and the Oakland A's. White Sox and Phillies coming up tonight, game two of the three games. Said Mark Carmen with you on White Sox Weekly. Andy Mazur has your Sox pregame show at 530. Let's jump back into our conversation with Danny Farquhar. And I was thinking about, look, you're 32 years old. You just retired. You had this brain hemorrhage in your seventh season in the big leagues. What would you want to maybe tell your younger self? And I don't know if people read the Players' Tribune and they do letters to your younger self. And some of the stuff is just great. Caroline Wozniacki, one of my favorites, who uh, was a – you know, number one in the world in tennis, writing to herself and said, listen to your dad. He's going to say, do you want to be a tennis player? And uh, if you say yes, you can never complain about going to practice. I'm not going to drag you, but if you really want to do it, I will help you. So I was wondering, uh, Danny, did you do you read the Players' Tribune? Would you, if you were writing a letter to young Danny Farquhar, who's dreaming about being in the big leagues, uh, what would you tell him? Have you ever seen no. that? So, no, I haven't. So it's a, it's, they're really cool pieces where the older, whatever, uh, you say it's Serena Williams or it's, you could pick anybody from any sport and they're writing a letter to themselves when they're 10 and they're trying to tell their 10 year old self, like, hey, this is what's going to happen. And these are some of the decisions that you're going to be forced with. And mom and dad are going to say this. I'm just curious, like, what you would have said to like a 10 year old kid who's saying that, like, Danny now, 32 years old to your 10 year old like what, what would you what would you tell that kid who's like yes i can do it that's what i want to be and some people are going to look at you cross-eyed yeah I don't, I don't think i would change a thing i mean i had the support from my parents um you know when it's like okay you want to be a baseball player all right we'll provide you you know whatever you need and and you got to go out and do it 
And, you know, my 10-year-old self was just just have fun. Like, yeah, you want to be a baseball player, but never take it too seriously. Just go out and have fun. I can't even tell you how many times we would go, you know, the Little League fields and do home run derbies, and we'd be robbing each other's home runs. And, you know, it was – I don't think – I don't think I, I don't think I would tell my ten year old self to do anything differently. Just just enjoy it. It's cool. Did you play other sports too? I think like I'm just thinking about the parents that are listening right now. Like, see, you got to specialize really early, and then you hear from other guys. Hey, I played a lot of things, and then I figured out that I'm best at this, and I love it the most. I mean, so middle school, I ran track and I did volleyball, um, and then you know I ran a little cross country in high school. But honestly, like the game of baseball is the one I enjoyed the most. I had the opportunity to play any sport I wanted to. I did a little bit of flag football. Uh, my dad always said that I wasn't allowed to play football until I got into high school because, you know, I wanted my bones to develop and not get hurt as a little kid. And I got to high school, and um, it was one of those where I was like, man, I'm, I'm really good at baseball. Like, I want to focus my fall on baseball so I can so I can go play college baseball. So it was always my decision that I just wanted to play baseball, but I do, I do, um, you know, with, with my three kids, you know, my daughter's in dance and gymnastics and we've given her the opportunity to play soccer. She sat on her soccer ball in the middle of the field. She wanted nothing to do with it. And then, uh, <laughs> and then my, she, my two boys, you know, they're into a little bit of baseball, a little bit of golf. My son's more into transformers. So maybe they can create a transformer sport, but uh, so it's, it's one of those where, I do think that being well-rounded is good, but if the child if the child just wants to do one, don't don't say, hey, you have to do other stuff too. Um, you know, I, I tried piano when I was a kid. I went to one lesson and I said, Mom, can I please not do piano anymore? <laughs> <laughs> and that was the end of my my piano career. I, I outlast you on that one, Danny. I think I did about six years of lessons. I made it to Fur Elise for the record, it, and I despise the whole process but uh and i can't play a note right now well that's not true i could play mary little lamb uh what, what what hey what do your kids know about what happened to you uh my daughter is the most aware she'll be eight here at the end of this month she knows the most um she still she still talks about it a lot she'll she'll bring up um like when we went to our first baseball game in spring training she was like hey this is our first baseball game since april 20th and we're like wow like you know it, it just it affects her more than we really you know truly understand and and um so i think i think she's she's got an understanding and i think it still affects her but she's a happy little girl and then my two boys you know they're so little that maybe one day they'll see it but but i i think it affects my daughter more than anybody do you have a scar that's noticeable so the doctors did an incredible job of putting my scar like like just inside my hairline like kind of tucked away okay when my hair does get cut you can see it you know for a couple days um and my wife cuts my hair because she does she does an incredible job not to not to hurt me and (laughs) so you know when if you really stare at me and i'm not wearing a hat you could probably see a little bit but honestly it's 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 not very noticeable the hair covers it perfect you and the wife Lexi are high school sweethearts, correct? Yes. That's amazing. I mean, she yes. we've been we've been together for like I think 16 years now. Oh my god. That's incredible. It's it, it must have been a, a 
a well, I know it was a scary moment for 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 her that night when you're 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 obviously not you don't remember anything from that night or uh, the day even before it, correct? Will she talk to you about like what it was like for her? I'm assuming she does, I guess. She's told me a lot, and it's it's sad because it it's just like all of her feelings, all of her emotions. You know, the, the, when I was you know at, before my surgery and even after my surgery, they didn't know how I was going to respond, whether I was going to have any sort of disability, speech impediment. They just they didn't know. They didn't know if I was going to make it, and you know, I was out for the whole thing. So I didn't have to experience all the bad, but my wife and, and parents, you know, and, you know, and some extended family as well. My sister was there too. And they had to deal with all the, the tough, you know, conversations they had with the doctors. Yeah. And she, she talks to me about it. She talks to me about her experience. And um, I'm not a big fan of, of talking too much about it. Cause that's all the negative and I like to funnel out the negative and, and channel in the good, like like the guy from Happy Gilmore. <laughs> the merry-go-round goes up and down and around. I love that movie. It's a great one. And look, man, you're you're uh, you're you're moving forward, and uh, I I think it's I think it's a great uh, thing for the White Sox that you're a part of the organization, and I think it's it's cool for you that you've made a decision and. Uh, I do. I am skeptical here, Danny. That at some point you're, you know you're hanging around the field, you start throwing. All, oh my God, it might come back here. I mean, you're only 32, so, but you yeah. know, <laughs> you know who who. But who knows? Either either way, I, I just want to remind you, you got to do something for seven years that less than one point one tenth of one percent get to do, and we all played little league and we all dreamed about it, and you made it to the most exclusive country club on the planet. So congratulations. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Yeah. And thanks for being on White Sox Weekly too, Danny. Let's let's talk down the line. Awesome. Thank you so much, Mark. Danny Farquhar on 720 WGN. The interview sponsored by Mazda of Orland Park and ZoomZoomNation.com, where they're always trying to make your car shopping fun. Hard not to enjoy Danny Farquhar, right? That is uh, an easy-to-like individual, and I wish him nothing but great success uh, as far as his coaching career goes, and hopefully the White Sox can benefit. And who knows? Maybe someday he'll be a manager, GM, pitching coach. A lot of, a lot of opportunities right there. Let's do a quick timeout. Coming up uh, in just a bit here, we're going to hear from Matt Skull, who had the game-tying hit last night in the ninth inning. Matt's got his own journey going on from the minors and finally getting a shot in the big leagues. A little bit last season and now up with the club right now. Have been waiting patiently and uh, getting it done last night for the White Sox. Uh, Matt Skull with that game-tying hit in the ninth with two strikes to tie it up, and the White Sox going on to win in 15. It's 7:20 WGN. Skull waits in the 0-2 with two down. Swing and a line drive to right. That's a base hit. That's going to tie the game. A military turn at second. Goins hits third and will stop there. Skull ties the game at three here in the ninth. <laughs> 720 WGN, White Sox Weekly. Mark Carmen with you and pleased to be joined by Matt Skoll, who made us all stay up late last night. Matt Skoll, congratulations. <laughs> that was one hell of a ball game. Yeah, it was. It was an interesting game for sure, but it was, uh, it was a good win for us. We really needed a win there last night. So talk about your mindset in the ninth inning. You're down to your last strike. You guys are chasing a run. You're trying to make an impact here and prove that you belong. A lot going on. Yeah, I mean... Uh... Just uh, you know, just having Ricky, you know, stuck with me in that situation with a lefty on the mound, and kind of gave me an opportunity to 
to do something there. And, um, you know, my adrenaline was going a hundred miles an hour at that point. Um, so I think I was just, you know, super focused and, uh, I just wanted to make sure I got my best swing off and I got a good pitch to hit. And, um, I think I got saw three pitches and the one that he actually left over the plate, I actually was able to do something with and, uh, you know, push us into extra innings. And, you know, I didn't think we were going to play 15, but, or, uh, but we ended up playing 15, but we came out on top. So that's good. Did Ricky say anything to you before the at bat? Hey, we're sticking with you here. Uh, yeah, he kind of looked at me on deck. Uh, I was on deck and, uh, he was right there next to me. And, you know, when they brought the lefty in to face, uh, going go, go. And, um, you know, I looked at him and he said, we're going with you. So, uh, I think, uh, just for him to, you know, let me know in that situation right there, no matter what happened with Gogo, if he got on, when he got on or if he drove the run in or what happened, uh, they were, you know, he was putting his confidence in me to go up there and, um, put the ball in play and, you know, hopefully something good was going to happen. And it did. That's a deep breath moment, right? Oh my God. Oh yeah. He believes oh, yeah. in me. Like you, you, you want a bat, but like, there's also, okay, if he takes me down, then the pressure is off me like that. It's a whole conflicting moment, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I just, you know, I just kept telling myself, uh, you know, throughout the year, there were multiple times where I thought I may be coming up to help these guys. And, uh, I didn't, I didn't get the opportunity and I just kept telling myself that, uh, you know, there's a reason why the opportunity is now. And, um, you know, just for me as, put my that I knew uh you know I'm not gonna be put in a situation that I can't handle and for them to have the confidence to bring me up now it means that I'm ready and I know that I was you know capable of you know getting a hit at, at that time yeah and so uh that was definitely a confidence booster for me if anything I would say uh when Ricky kind of said we're going with you and you know you're our guy so that you know that kind of that fired me up I was ready to go up there and you know hopefully tie and hopefully win it so um yeah i was excited to be in that in that situation for sure matt skull recently called up with us here on 720 wgn you know that's a life memory right you're never gonna forget that one absolutely i mean um you know i've my short time i've been in the big leagues i don't think i've forgot any moment um honestly they all they all seem like they go 100 miles an hour but i don't forget them so yeah I, and I, you know, I like talking to guys about, you know, you're up there, you're in the big leagues. There's however many thousand people in the stands. Although by the end of last night, there was a lot. It was a lot thinner. Not when you were up, Matt. I guess they were still there right, in the, right, in, in the right. ninth. But and then you got some lunatic on the mound who's trying to get you out. Everyone's getting paid here, and you got to yep. calm and you got to calm yourself down. And you got to perform. It's 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 not easy. Right. Yeah. And you know, and and they had a you know they had a little mound visit before my bat there. I saw a pitching coach for. Phillies went out there and talked to him. I'm sure he was just kind of going over the scouting report real quick before he faced me since I, you know, it was my first day here. So I knew that they had a game plan against me, but, uh, you know, I didn't want to, I didn't want to go away from my strength. So I think that was, gave me a time to kind of take a deep breath. And even though I was ready to go, kind of gave me a chance to take a deep breath and kind of, you know, lock into the moment a little bit. Yeah. Your journey is super interesting. I mean, you were, you, you were fifth round pick back all the way back in 2011 for the people that know, don't know Matt Skull's journey with the Nationals. And you you were the South Atlantic League MVP. That's a no joke league right there. You were the right. na- you were the National as minor you were the Washington Nationals minor league player of the year. You had 291, 27 bombs, 104 uh, RBIs. And then next year you ended up getting in a collision and you ended up needing uh, surgery on your elbow. Can you just explain what all happened for those who are, are still sort of learning your journey, I guess? 
Yeah, no. Um, uh, my first full season, I had a great year in the Sally League in uh, Low A, and I went up. And uh, the next year, I went to um, Major League Camp for the first time. It was only my second spring training. I went to uh, straight to Double A after that. And uh, you know, when I got to Double A, second game of the season, there was a bad throw up the line, and a base runner ended up running into my arm as I was trying to make the play, and uh, completely blew out my elbow. And uh, uh, acquired, I had reconstructive surgery on my elbow, broke my wrist in a couple different places. It was just a bad injury, more of like a car accident injury kind of. So um, I actually ended up having Tommy John on my non-throwing arm and um, as well as flexor mass repair. And I, uh, I missed the whole year. So when I came back the next year, you know, I just, when you miss a whole year of baseball, I mean, a lot of people don't understand that's, you know, it's tough especially on a young kid. I was, I was young at, you know, at the time, I think that was probably 2012 or 13. So, um, and really it didn't come back for a couple of years. I mean, I always had, would show signs, but, uh, I've really had to grind to get back to where I am. And, um, you know, that injury definitely put a, you know, a, a stunt in my development, but, um, I don't think I'd be the same kind of person with the same kind of perseverance I have without without that happening to me in my career yeah so tell us what kept you going during that time when it could not have been easy you know I think just um just the love of the game honestly really I mean I just uh and you know I had I had had success um in pro ball since I had signed so it wasn't like I you know was had a struggle in triple a and grinding you know I was young still my body felt fine you know and uh I could see the light at the end of the tunnel still. And my goal was to get to the big leagues. And, you know, it has been for, you know, my whole life. So um, I think that just kept me going. And um, But the injury just, you know, made me realize how much I, you know, how much I do enjoy this game, how much I do love this game. And, you know, it just made me work even harder. Mom, dad, brother, sister, friend, whatnot. Uh, hey, Matt, hang in there. Or, or were you – at some point, I'm wondering maybe, hey, man, uh, I know you really, really want to do this, but you might want to think about doing something else. If it was my family, they would say something like that to me, Matt. So I'm curious if you got any of that advice. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, family was, you know, they were saying, they stood by my side from the, you know, from the get-go. And, you know, whatever you want to do, you know, we're going to be here. Uh, you know, when you come back, you know, you might not be the same. Uh, but I, I don't think that thought ever really crossed my mind. Um and I never even thought about, you know, I, this is what I want to do. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to come back stronger. I'm going to come back better. And, you know, I, when I came back, I think I think going through the rehab process wasn't the hardest part. I think when I came back was probably the hardest. Um, yeah, but my family was like, hey, you know, you might not be the same player you were. And I'm like, I don't care. Like, I know I can do it. I've seen, I've seen signs. I've shown signs. I just had to, you know, stay consistent. And, um I never varied from my plan. Um, I definitely had, you know, people saying, hey, you might want to think about this. Hey, you might want to think about that. You might want to think about going back to school, you know, all this stuff. But uh, I just kind of never varied off off the uh, off the goal. And, you know, now that, you know, last year finally getting a taste for, you know, a short period of time up here just made me hungrier to get back. And, you know, I went home in the off season and, you know, busted my butt. And, you know, I've had a pretty good year here in AAA. So to get back here now, it's just, you know, it's a blessing. No doubt about it. Continue the conversation with Matt Skull coming up here after the 4.30 news. White Sox and Phillies coming up tonight. And, yes, Family Sundays feature tickets as low as $5 in the upper level. 
$15 in the lower level. Parking is only $10. Plus, you get the special family-focused activities located throughout the ballpark. Family Sunday is proudly presented by Coca-Cola. Grab an ice-cold Coca-Cola and enjoy the game. You can visit WhiteSox.com slash Sundays to purchase your tickets today. Don't forget kids run the bases after the ball game on Sundays, which is awesome. Let's get a check of news coming on back here. More with Matt Skoll and then Jason Benetti on the way as well. Busy show, White Sox Weekly on 720 WGN. Station. You're listening to White Sox Weekly on the home of the Sox, 720 WGN. White Sox Weekly till 530. Andy Mazur will have your pregame show at that point. Sox and Phillies tonight. Ross Detweiler on the mound for the White Sox, who are going for their second win in a row. Last night's game was just completely and utterly ridiculous. The Phillies turning to their center fielder uh, to pitch in extras as they were out of uh, pitchers. Carson Fulmer nearly won the game, ripping a shot down the third base line, but a beautiful backhand play and Fulmer thrown out at first base, and Carson Fulmer has now been placed on the 10-day injured list as he was sprinting down to try and beat out the play. He hurts himself, straining his right hamstring, that just sucks. You're you're back up with a big league club. You're trying to impress. You've done your job on the mound. Now you get a chance to bat because it's a National League game. By the way, I still think that there should be, at at best, we should keep it as it is, not just a universal DH. But uh, chance to bat, not used to doing it, sprinting to first, blows out his hamstring, and uh, on the 10-day injured list. Too bad for Carson, Dylan Covey has been a recall from AAA. Charlotte, he is back. Uh, and that's a quick return for Dylan after his outing last Sunday where he faced five batters and did not record an out. Hopefully he's found a little nugget down AAA and can uh, contribute to the ball club coming on back now. Uh, Sox fans, join us as the Sox take on the Oakland Athletics. That's Sunday, August 11th, a 110 first pitch for that one. First 20,000 fans. We'll get a Harold Baines Replica Hall of Fame plaque presented by Xfinity, the fastest internet in Chicago. Purchase your tickets today by visiting WhiteSox.com or calling 866-SOX-GAME. Let's continue our conversation with Matt Skoll, who's been biding his time down at AAA and seeing a bunch of guys get called up from Daniel Palka to Ryan Cordell to Charlie Tilson to Ryan Goins. And he's waiting, he's waiting, and he's waiting and I, I asked him, you know, did it get frustrating? And were you starting to think maybe your time perhaps was not going to come? Right. Um, you know, I just found out through my career, um, you know, I've done the whole thing in the past where, you know, you, you're checking the box scores every night. You're hoping the new guy doesn't do well. And, you know, it just I doesn't it does, – it's not the kind of player I am. And it doesn't – and it makes me press more on myself and, you know, and these guys that are coming up and down from this team, you know, these guys are my friends. Um, you know, these are guys I'm out on the field with every day grinding. And um, we, we, you know, we, we go to dinner together. We, you know, we go have a drink together. And um, I want those guys to do just as good as me, you know. And so I found that when I cheer, when I'm a team guy and I want, and I, and I get the team going and I cheer for everyone on the team, that's when I'm at my best. So, you know, I just have to trust that the White Sox make the right decision with who's ready and who's not. And at some point or another, 
an opportunity to arise, and when that opportunity does come, you just have to take it and run with it, whether it's me, whether it's Polka, whether it's, you know, Charlie or, you know, I guess, you know, AJ came in and got a, an opportunity. I don't know AJ as well, but Ryan Cordell. Got his op- yeah, Cordell. I mean, these guys that are coming up and down, you know, you just have to take your opportunity when you when you get it. And, um, you know, maybe I have to wait a little bit longer than others, but I'm okay with that. Yeah, listen, uh, I, I I really appreciate the honesty here because it's, it's, it's something we're – at the end of the day, you know, what your teammates do – doesn't really matter if you go up there right, and you right. play great well then you stay yeah, yeah. it's you, you're you're right. either going to get called up by the white Sox or somebody else in baseball is going to want you and that's how it works right, right? exactly if you play well and you you'll somebody will find a spot for you so that's kind of how i look at it i mean it does i, I you know i'm not gonna i don't want to be you know i like that's why i really you know this year when i got called up is and they sent aj down because i felt like i actually got promoted you know so i wasn't i wasn't like a replacement so I feel like, you know, sometimes you don't, you never want to go up because someone's doing bad and they're just going to try the next guy. You know, you want to feel like you earned it, earned it. So that's the way I look at it. Yeah. What, what, do you, what have you done well this year? Perhaps that uh, has next leveled you, if you will. And I know you, you had a cup of coffee last year. And by the way, for those that don't know, I mean, you've only had 14 at bats in the big leagues, but you are four for 14 with a home run. You had an OPS of 1,012. Don't look at these stats, Matt Scolds. It's a small sample size. Yeah, that's what you got better stop talking about. Yeah, but but it's it, it does have to make you feel at least slightly like, yeah, I might belong here. You know, that's it's not a bad start. Yeah, no, I never doubt it. I never, I've never doubted whether or not I belong. I know I can, you know, compete at this level, and I just was waiting on my chance. And uh, you know, I never, I've never not believed in myself, and I think that's what keeps me going. So, um, but yeah, other than that, man, I mean, it's just, you know, I'm just gonna come in here and appreciate every day that I'm here, and put my head down, hang out with my, with my friends, and go to work. Who are you closest with in the organization right now? Oh man. I can't even. I don't want to make anybody mad. Close to everybody. <laughs> don't worry. So, uh, I don't know. Me and you know, me and Goins have been playing together in AAA uh, most of the year. We played together in the Arizona Fall League back back in the day before actually with Phil. So, um, you know, we've been we've crossed paths a few times throughout our careers. So you know, playing together in Charlotte this year, we got we got pretty tight. So it's good. It's good, and we're lockers are closed and stuff like that. So me and Goins have been kind of getting along and uh, hanging out with each other outside of the field. How about his success? He's been playing great. Yeah, I mean, just class A, just, you know, grinder, man. He just gets it done. You know, he puts together great at-bats, you know, plays great defense. He just, I mean, same same kind of guy, you know, older guy waiting waiting on his next chance, and, you know, he's taking advantage of it. Did you did you know Lucas uh, Giolito when you were with the Nationals? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I knew Lucas. He was from the club um, back when he was there, and, I remember facing Lucas a couple times in um, in spring training, just on uh, like a backfield. I was coming over from spring training to face, and I remember facing Lucas. And then right before Lucas got traded, he was actually uh, in AAA with us with the Nationals, um, where I was in AAA there, and uh, he got traded over to the Sox. So we, me and Lucas, crossed paths quite a bit. So we actually, uh, yeah. We knew each other before, and Lopez too, actually. Yeah, yeah I was gonna before, say. Uh, before they came over here. Big difference between that guy right now versus uh, back then, personality-wise, or the same? Same guy. Yeah. Same guy. Same guy. Um, same talent. Same. I mean, he's he's just starting to figure it out. He's just scratching the surface. I could see it back then. You know, he was going to be 
he's going to be special. He just needed, you know, some time to figure it out, and he's starting to figure it out, and you guys are seeing what he can do now. He's a smart guy, that Lucas Giolito. Yeah, he thinks so. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, he is. He's he he knows what he's doing. He's taking care of himself, and uh, you know he's having great success, and it's fun to watch. Matt, great to talk to you. Appreciate the extended time today. I know you got a ball game to play. Uh, are you in there tonight? Do you know? Don't know yet. I haven't I haven't checked yet, but uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna pretend I am until until I'm told otherwise. So. Yeah. Well, and you know, National League Ballpark, you never know what opportunities are going to come along too. So uh, exactly. Hey, congrats on your success last night, and uh, great to talk to you today. We appreciate the time. Okay, you guys have a good one. There we go, Matt Skull. Congratulations to him. Right, not uh, not easy. Biding your time, waiting for your opportunity, and then uh, you know, it gets called up. And hey, Matt, we're down a run. It's the ninth inning. Uh, we're on the road. Can you go out there and uh, help us win a ball game? And he went out and he did it last night. So congratulations. Uh, the White Sox lineup tonight as Larry Garcia leading off. Ryan Goins is batting second. Jose Abreu third. John Jay fourth in right field. Aloy Jimenez batting fifth in left. Tim Anderson is your shortstop hitting sixth. Yolmer Sanchez uh, batting seventh. Sevi Savala in there tonight uh, catching. And Ross Detweiler will be your starting pitcher and bat ninth tonight. Detweiler and Zavala have worked together this year at AAA. So no Matt Skoll in the lineup, but there is your White Sox lineup for tonight's game versus the Phillies. Jason Benetti coming up here as White Sox Weekly continues. Spend your summer at the ballpark with bleachers and brews. You get one bleacher seat, two beers for $22 all season long. You do have to be 21 and over with a valid ID. Bleachers and Brews, presented by Budweiser. To purchase tickets, visit whitesox.com slash brew and enter that promo code brew. Jason Benetti, White Sox TV, up next, 720 WGN. Seven twenty WGN White Sox Weekly. It's been a while since we've talked with Jason Benetti. Great to have him on the show today. Uh, all right, I heard something, Jason. I'm going to jump you here at the start. I hope you don't mind. Rumor has it at WAER, where you were running the Syracuse Student Radio Station, you would throw pop quizzes out there that your fellow students and people that you were bosses to did not like very much, and perhaps these were difficult. Uh, can you explain uh, what your methodology was, and did you weed out any weak candidates who perhaps are no longer in the business in the process? No, we we were iron sharpens iron, Carm. Uh, <laughs> no, what what the point was, and yes, I absolutely did that. That's 100% true, and I realized uh, how ludicrous that sounds at age 21. But we had had a couple of sportscasts over the couple days prior that had fact errors like Syracuse's record was wrong. And these are not like extemporaneous play-by-play broadcasts. So like, yeah, you should know the record of the football team. And I'm sorry that I wanted people to know the record of the football team, but I thought it would be a quote unquote fun way to get people engaged with the material as they say in classrooms nowadays. So yeah, maybe people didn't like it a whole lot, but, uh, it got the job done. I would like to say, in your defense, that you were actually serving these fellow young broadcasters. You were making them better. And if anybody has a complaint about it, 
then that's on them. You were actually doing a you were doing this university right, you were doing yourself right, and you were doing them right, damn it. The road to hell is paved with good intentions, Karen. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I guess that's a true statement but uh yeah. you're not you're you're okay i don't you don't need me to defend yeah. you but i i, I love uh, that thing I, I i love that story and then let me, i gotta go one more in your past here before i got uh some questions on the team then maybe we can get back to a little bit of your your rise in the business but uh i'm super impressed jason benetti that here you are this up-and-coming broadcaster you're clearly have a talent for it. And then you decided to go to law school. I, I hadn't, I never knew that until recently. Um, and that's, you know, it, it just speaks to, I'm, I guess the way I heard, it, I was listening to, uh, you were on some podcast, I think it was Sarah Spain's podcast and you were just interested in, in, in learning, which is, uh, something that I probably could use a drop of, you know, maybe you should do that too, Carm, learn something. But who who does that? I'm going to be uh, I'm going to go to law school. It's not like you were going to like take a cooking class. That's a big time commitment. Yeah, if I took the cooking class, uh, things could burn down. I couldn't burn down a courtroom with my knowledge. So <laughs> the the point being I don't know, I just I've always been interested in learning and education and things like that and I realized that it was very fortunate that I had a law school like Wake Forest that would let me do games in the minors and at High Point University uh, doing basketball at the time, that they were willing to let me do that, do both. And I'd miss some time at each end of the semester to go do games, and they were okay with that as long as I got my work done. And to have that ability and be able to do that, I was like, this is a once-in-a-lifetime chance. You, you line up 100 schools, 99 aren't going to let you do that. And so I appreciate that they did it, and it helped me a ton. Little did I know when I started with audiences, because what you're pitching to a jury in the way you see a case is just like you trying to get an audience to understand through your lens what game they're watching. Like you're the guide, and you're the guide for a story in a courtroom too. So it, it helped tremendously. Did you did you graduate? Did you, did you pass the bar, all that? Uh, graduated, never took the bar. I actually had signed up for the bar, and then the White Sox job came about. So uh, I, I was going to take it just to have it done, and I've decided uh, to take a rain check on it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. I'm going to go be the voice of the White Sox. But, by the way, if this doesn't work out, you know, maybe down the line, uh, I'd reconsider. That's, uh, that's a fair choice right there. Does, does Steve Stone know this part about you? Because I would think that he would love to debate you in the court of Stoney, if you will. He, he'll debate anybody, law degree or not. So I don't think there's a prerequisite at all for what sort of piece of paper you got to have to argue with Steve. I don't even think it's close. So I think he knows it about me, and I think he also just doesn't care at all because he'd, <laughs> he'd rather be right than care about my education. So, so even and God if, love him for it. Yeah, absolutely, hundred percent. I just I would think that maybe I would give you even more credibility. Like, okay, I know you're a lawyer, but you know, but with Stony, perhaps I don't care what piece of paper you have, pal. I know I'm right, buddy. Yeah, and but I like that because we're both kind of uh, stubborn in our own ways when we get into arguments, and that makes for a fun partnership. Listen. Uh, you're not you're not going to hear me say anything bad about Steve Stone. I 
grown no. up. I've grown up listening to him. I love listening to him now. So that's just, just for the record. If anybody's getting confused, no, but you got you got no. You got to have opinions. Like a lot of people who are analysts. And that's why I love working with Dawkins too. He's got opinions, and you got to work real hard to get him off his opinions. And I like that about Steve. He's staunch about something. In a world where people aren't staunch about stuff, he is, and I love that. Yeah, yeah. That's you're exactly right too. People. Don't move off your opinion. That's uh, that's 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 standard uh, procedure in broadcasting nowadays. Have it, be strong with it, and you you you, you better not move, or else you're considered weak. All right, let's let's let, let's do uh, let's do a little White Sox talk here. What what is from your perspective, Jason? What's been the best story this year? Oh well, the game last night is one of my favorite games I've ever called. That was unbelievable. I mean that. That was outrageous. So many things happened that you'll never see individually in a game. And then you saw them all together. So that, I mean, that for me will be an indelible mark on 2019. The best story to me is Giolito. His story is so universal in that if you tell anybody who's had talent, had success, that they're going to fail, they'll say, oh, yeah, I know I'm going to fail. And then they get into it and they never get out of it and they rationalize it some way or the other. He went into the offseason, he said, this is not okay. I'm going to change a bunch of different things, and he did, and good for him. Jason Benetti with us here on White Sox Weekly. What, what's your experience with, with Lucas? Because he'll he's more than happy to chat up uh, you, whoever, talk baseball. I mean, do you see a noticeable difference talking to him from, say, last year to this year, or is it just the same guy in your mind? Uh, I think he is more contented in who he is as a member of the team. I think he automatically knew that he was, you know, a person that he believed in. He believed in what type of person he is. But now we've heard him say much more this year, I want to do good things for people. I want to spend my life uh, having a positive effect on the world. And I think he felt a little sheepish doing that last year because he was one of the worst starters in baseball. I think it's good for the world not even to be over-aggrandizing. It's good for the world that he's a good pitcher because he has so much in his heart that he can use this platform for and also winning games. I mean, like, that's that's first and foremost. That's why he's here, right? Yep. But using the platform is something that he wants to do for a long, long time. And And I think the noticeable change is how more willing to be vocal he is about that part of him. I love I love what you're bringing up here because you know in a baseball locker room or well in a baseball clubhouse I should say and I guess that's you know no different from an NFL locker room or even the NBA but you got a a lot of wide ranging political views in there and, and Lucas has been has been out there a little bit with uh, you know his point of view and I, and I think it's great that he has the courage to do it and the better he pitches you know the the bigger his platform gets and we'll see what he wants to do with it but I think it's a super cool development. Yeah, I mean, he comes from a family that has that has a lot of care about what's going on around them, and he wants to be a part of that legacy. And for me, I, I wouldn't. If anybody has an issue with that, they're kind of they're living in a way that doesn't understand the world they're a part of, and he absolutely does at such a young age. And to have him have the wherewithal, the money, and the opportunity to do that and be a good pitcher at the same time, that's, that's the whole package right there. Jason Benetti with us here on 720 WGN. We're going to take a quick time out, and we'll continue with Jason after 5 o'clock. I give Lucas a ton of credit. Guys turned himself around on the field 
and he's had some courage off the field as well, which is not easy to do. Athletes get in the line of fire uh, a lot nowadays when they when they speak out, as uh, we are very much divided, as everybody as everybody knows. So uh, good for good for Lucas. All right, White Sox and Phillies coming on up. White Sox Weekly, 720 WGN. Let me give a happy birthday to Luis Robert, who is 22 years old today. Oh, to be 22. Uh, Luis in the lineup tonight versus the Gwinnett Stripers. As uh, Charlotte taking on Gwinnett. Luis hitting 337 with an on-base percentage of 402, slugging four. Slugging 698, that's an OPS on base plus slugging. You want it to be about 800. Lucas is at 1,100. I said Lucas, I meant Luis. Luis Robert is at 1,100. So happy birthday to Luis Robert. Enjoy yourself tonight with AAA Charlotte and enjoy your time there because I think he's going to be up with the big league club. I don't think it'll be this season. I'm hoping it'll be this season. Uh, but I understand the White Sox have to make decisions based on the future, and if they think that saving that service time for next season makes more sense than him getting experience right now, well, then you can't really fault them for that. I know that experience right now would help him as the White Sox will try to make the playoffs in 2020. We all saw that the Sox did not make a deal at the deadline. Some thought that Alex Colome might be on the way out, uh, perhaps for... Some reinforcements in the minor league system, but the White Sox chose to keep Colome as they want him to be their closer next season, trying to hopefully win the division next year, which is uh, big and bold. And um, hey, fingers crossed it'll all come together. It's great to be back with WGN. It's White Sox Weekly on the official radio station of the Chicago White Sox, 720 WGN. Thank you very much, Jerry Reinsdorf. Good to have you. White Sox and Phillies coming up here. 5.30 our pregame. Andy's got that for you. Mark Carmen with you on White Sox Weekly as we're about to continue our conversation with Jason Benetti. Uh, Sox fans, you can secure your seat for the 2020 season now, and you can place a deposit for a 2020 ticket package to get first access to the best seats, best prices, and the best benefits. Secure your seat today. and Don't miss any of the action in 2020. For more information, visit WhiteSox.com or call 312-674-1000. As we continue with Jason Benetti, let's bring up Tim Anderson here. And Jason, you were very vocal supporting Tim Anderson with his beef with the Royals. And uh, just it seemed to me that you were almost sort of making a little bit of a supportive statement that you uh, appreciated everything that Tim has been doing this year. Yeah, I mean, what I don't understand is why fun is a problem. <laughs> I'll never understand that, right? Like, I get tweets down those lines. Like, we, we had the kids that were saying, let's go White Sox uh, in that blowout game on Sunday. And right. somebody actually tweeted Somebody tweeted at me among a, a hundred positive tweets. Somebody tweeted at me, the White Sox broadcast has reached a new low. They're featuring these kids chanting, let's go White Sox. No, no you know, humanity has reached a new low. You're actually tweeting this. I mean, that's, that's how I feel about fun. My life needs to be surrounded by fun. It is actually uh, much more pleasant to have a smile on your face. And Tim Anderson does that with some aggression. But it's 
uh, smile nonetheless. He enjoys what he's doing. And good on him. And I will always believe that, even if there are, you know, one or two things down the line that he does that maybe I wouldn't have done that way. He gets to be himself. And this game has too much of a tendency to take the individuality out of the person. There's a reason we do it in the Army, because we want the team atmosphere and we want everyone to trust one another and we need to have people rank and file. There's no need for that in baseball. You can have a team of people who have their individuality who are playing for one another. You don't have to have militaristic tendencies in the game of baseball, especially because it's going to push away a lot of people, and I would venture to say people of color, people of uh, different backgrounds. You try to take the individuality out of people who uh, have different upbringings than you, it's, it's your own fight that you've got on your hands. So I, I stand behind Tim Anderson and what he believes in substantially in just about every way. Uh, consider, it, it, understanding that he and I didn't grow up the same way. And he and a lot of people who are critical of him didn't grow up the same way. And having an understanding of that is, is key to knowing Tim Anderson. It's also hypocritical if we can just talk about that you don't do that because you don't want to show up your opponent and there, there's like a supposedly there's a toughness in but in not doing that but in reality what would actually be tough is if the guy who's on the mound who gave up the home run didn't allow it to bother him that would be toughness in my mind you know yeah and, I think you're right I mean, I really think you're right. I think it's mental toughness. I know when I'm competitive and somebody does something that, you know, kind of one-ups me in whatever we're doing, playing whatever game or doing whatever undertaking, the first thing I realize is that I'm starting to get frustrated, and it's not at the other person. It's at myself. And so, yeah, when you get, I, I said this at the time when everything went down in April, that if it, it was a rule in baseball, like make it, take it, when you play in street basketball or like three and three basketball where you score, you get the ball back. Sure. If you hit a home run in major league baseball and then you immediately got to bat again, because that was the rule, I could understand a pitcher hitting a batter. But when you've had three innings to think about it, a full hour to think about it, and you still can't get over it, go get mentally tougher. Don't throw at a guy. It's ridiculous. Now, again, if it just happened right after in the heat of passion, we give people leeway for that in our society, and we should, because it's hard to fight your emotions sometimes. You got an hour, and you're a high-level athlete. Do better. Well, it's not even an hour. Back in April, he hit a homer, and he took 28 seconds to get around the bases, and that's why we hit him today in July. I mean, come on. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's like at some point, get over it. It's on the person who's doing that, who's, who's hitting the other person, to be better at controlling their emotions. I will yeah. always believe that. Yeah. Well, now I'm thinking about myself on the tennis court this morning when I lost to Maury and nearly threw my racket about three times. And then I finally said to myself, Carm, you're acting like an idiot. You're embarrassing yourself <laughs> and anybody else who's uh, slightly associated with you. Which remind, which brings me to uh, how's your foosball game, Jason Benetti? My foosball game. Oh, man. It's pretty high level, I think. I, 
<laughs> I mean, did you hear that from Carlos Rodon, or who'd you hear that from? I I cannot reveal my sources, but I I know okay. th- I know that you play, and I know that you take it seriously, and you just sort of gave a window into uh, you know when you get upset competitively, and you know you give a bad ball a bad goal in foosball, that that's a moment there too, right? Yeah, I mean they had a they had a foosball table, and they still do in the in the Arlington uh, in the in the Rangers Globe Life Park visiting clubhouse and i've played with a couple guys over the course of time and yes it's a very competitive undertaking and yes i don't like to lose and now <laughs> i want to play right now i mean look let's do it you got a table <laughs> go I, I i just got a visual i'm sure you'd be you'd be willing to do this if we could uh you know super competitive people i'm thinking of former birmingham baron uh, he also played for the Chicago Bulls, Michael Jordan. Jordan versus Benetti, foosball. Let's go. I mean, I mean, look, Jordan. You talk about iron sharpens iron. Parlor games against Michael Jordan is a bit that I would do, and I'm sure, uh, I'm sure uh, he'd beat me in literally everything because he's good at everything. But that I, I'd be in for that. Yeah, I, I, I'd be in for viewing, and, and I love to play Mike and. I'd, I'd pick ping pong, actually, if I could get in there. If MJ's listening. And me, too, me too, actually. Oh, really? I Well, maybe we can Look, maybe we can do a Carmen versus Benetti ping pong match at some point here. You got you got ping pong talent? I do. I do. I have deceptively uh, not terrible lateral movement. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, well, well, I I saw I saw one video with you and Robbie Hummel where he's dunking on you, and I was like, "Look at Benetti; he's making moves in the lane." I mean, I thought it was pretty solid. Yeah, I could look. There's there's a little uh, sneaky athletic, like could beat you in a game of horse if it went bad for you sort of thing going on here. So don't uh, don't underestimate, kids. Yeah, well, it's 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 all. <laughs> hey, this is. This is uh, this. I, I don't sleep on anyone, so I, 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 you know, this is. I, I, I like the competitive spirit here. Let before you go, Jason. What, what do you want to see happen the rest of the way here? Like, what would, you, what are your, your number one hopes for the rest of uh, August here in September? A fun, well played baseball, and continue the the Mets series made me think about. Lopez, Giolito, and Cease starting those three games against Syndergaard and Degrom and Wheeler. And the Sox were in it late in all three games, basically. And so to have those three, the the sturdy young arms who are supposed to be here in the future, have great ends of the season would be number one for me. And then is uh, beyond that some uh, added development for the younger offensive players as well. But to see Yohan Moncada hit the finish line strong after the hamstring uh, situation would be great and to see him pile up some numbers that suggest the star that we see he's becoming based on our, our eyeballs would be awesome. Jason Benetti quiz given to Dylan Cease and Lucas Giolito. Who does better? Uh, so here's the thing. It's about that was that back in the day was about Syracuse sports. So neither does very well. I, the thing about it is I talked to those guys and I learned something about either pitching or life just about every time I talk to them. So I'm less about uh, asking people what information of mine they should know now and <laughs> what information I'm lacking they can give me. Yeah, no, I, I get this it. It's a nice positive switch. Most definitely. I'm just pointing out those two dudes are some pretty high-brained individuals right there on, that the Chicago White Sox uh, you know, have in their organization. I, I, I'm always impressed to, like, you two – have a lot of brain power. 
Oh, it's awesome. I mean, and it suggests future success, too, I think. It suggests future ability to adjust above average, well above average. Yep, no doubt. Jason Benetti, great to talk to you, my friend. Have a great call tonight. Fine, thank you. Jason Benetti on 720 WGN. Of course, Evan Stoney with the TV call tonight. Farmio and DJ ready to rock and roll. 605, your first pitch. They'll have their pregame right around 555. And he will take over at 530 here. Congratulations, by the way, to uh, Luis Roberts' birthday. Uh, but he was also named the White Sox Minor League Player of the Month for July. That is not exactly a huge surprise. That is his third uh, time this year in 2019 that he's been named the Minor League Player of the Month. I think Luis Roberts is going to be a pretty good player. I think he's got a chance. Uh, Class AA is where you get your Pitcher of the Month. That is left-hander Matt Tomshaw, as uh, his numbers were very strong in the month of July. Both those guys honored earlier this week. As uh, White Sox also made a bunch of roster moves this week, including... Last night, it was uh, too bad to see Carson Fulmer blow out his hamstring or injure his hamstring, I should say, on his way down to first base trying to uh, win the game last night at the plate. So to the 10-day DL, IL, I should say, to uh, for Carson. And up is Dylan Covey back with the club after being sent down after last Sunday's game. We'll do our week in review as we come on back here. White Sox and Phillies coming on up. It's White Sox Weekly, 720 WGN. At the wall, the 380, gone. A three-run homer for Tim Anderson. 3-1 White Sox. Back to White Sox Weekly on 720 WGN. Thanks to Jason Bedenny for jumping on White Sox Weekly today. Andy Mazur is going to have your pregame show in, oh, about 10 minutes here. And he joins me right now. Andy, i got a question for you. Yes, Carm. You were doing Padres radio for how long? Uh, for seven seasons. And you did Cubs radio for how long? About eight seasons. So that would be about 15 seasons if Correct. I, if I could uh, mm-hmm. do the math there. Have you ever in your baseball career seen a pitcher, in this case Vince Velasquez, mm-hmm. in left field throwing out runners at the plate, like looking – Looked like he belonged out there. Yeah, he was a better left fielder than I was going to say, like 67% of the left fielders in the world. And Roman Quinn, who is the Philly center fielder, on the mound. And I'm not going to say he looked like a major league pitcher, but he looked like capable for high school. Two innings. Two innings. He was throwing strikes. He was throwing strikes. And, uh, yeah, uh, uh, Velasquez throws out a guy at the plate. And i tell you what, if it weren't for the fact that Larry Garcia is fast – yeah, you would. We, not, they might still be playing, right? That was right. He barely beat it. This is this further. In it, it, this is further evidence that my theory is correct. Okay. That when you look into the future, what's the year now? Twenty nineteen. Mm-hmm. Let's go to twenty one nineteen. The whole specialization, the pitcher, and this that. Everybody's going to play everything, man. They're, they're the pitchers are going to be out and left. They're going to they're move them all around. Everybody, we keep raising the bar. This whole thing you can pitch but you can't hit. It's going to go away. The whole DH thing that's not even going to be a conversation in twenty one nineteen. I hope to see you there in twenty one nineteen. Yeah, if I'm there, we got a story, and if you're there, we got a bigger story. Um, but the the fact remains, you know, with the rules changing the way they're going to probably change next year with um, the minimum of three batters per per pitcher, you might see these situations pop up. Where a guy will, uh, you know, pitch and then play left field, and the left fielder will come in and throw, and then it's it's crazy. 
I I I love when pitch. I, I love when a position player pitches. Twitter lights up with uh, p- pitcher uh, position player pitching alerts, and you know what? Sometimes it's comical. You know, Jose Rondon did it the other day, or earlier in the season when he was throwing forty five miles an hour, and I felt like, okay, well, if he can throw forty five, I can at least maybe face face one batter at forty five. I mean, I when they had the the pitching contest early in the season, oh, that's was- right. You were what. 58? I, I hit I, 52. Maybe. 52? 50, you know, I was giving 50, you a lot of credit. 51, 52. Curtis, you look like you want to say something over there? No, I, I was just getting loose because I think I could top 52. Oh. Yeah. Executive. I could throw 90 if you gave me two pitches to add up together. Yeah, well, there you go. You know, Executive producer Curtis, by the way, doing a great job as always. Uh, anything uh, special on the pregame show today? I know you're excited. Yeah, totally excited. We're going to hear uh, uh, the, uh, the interview that Matt Skull did after the game yesterday uh-huh. with uh, Jason Benetti and Steve Stone. And uh, we're going to have a little bit more of your conversation with uh, with him as well. So that's all coming up double, on the pregame show. Double duty for Skull. Huh? He got the TV and he, and he got the radio, the yeah. whole thing going on here. And, you know, I remember talking to him last year after that, uh, that play in Cleveland where he hit the home run. Yeah, uh, yeah. And uh, what, a, what a likable guy. Right. Total grinder. Hopefully I'll get another shot to put on a big league yeah. uniform and, and now getting to do it. Good for him. Yep, definitely. 21 uh, bombs at AAA. All right, Andy, good to see you. You too, Carm. We'll see you in a second on the old pregame show. Let's do a little uh, our week in review as we go back to the Mets series, uh, which started out with uh, the White Sox losing game one for nothing. But we go to game two, and uh, this was Tim Anderson in the ninth inning as the White Sox were able to send it into extras. This one a high pop-up center field. This is going to be interesting. We're dealing with it, the center fielder and the throw coming in. This is a good throw, but it's offline or even a two. Sacrifice fly RBI. And that was uh, Tim's first game back uh, with the big league club after coming back from the injury with the sprained ankle. Good to see White Sox ended up losing 5-2. to two. Uh, We move along to the Friday night action with uh, – uh, rather, this is which game you got here, Curtis? You jumped the gun. Yesterday, this is yesterday's game, really, with Jose Abreu. Okay, this is Abreu yesterday going deep against the Phillies. There's a high fly, deep left field. Got a chance to go at the track, at the wall. Two run homer for Abreu, and the Sox lead two nothing on a hanging changeup. And that was sweet, but even sweeter. Top of the fifteenth, Abreu back at the plate. Not in time. Garcia slides around the tag of Real Muto. I think we jumped the gun there just an ounce. Do we have the? Do we, do we do it again? Yeah, no. Plate, yeah, let's let's try that one more time. Jose Abreu at the plate. Anyone will do at this point. Two or three. Let's just say at this point, Abreu. Don't help him out. Here's the pitch. Line drive left field. Garcia racing for third, being waved home. The throw from the left fielder. Not in time. Garcia slides around the tag of Real Muto. Double dose of DJ yesterday getting to call some play-by-play in the 15th. We do rewind back, though, in the 14th with Velasquez, the Phillies pitcher in left field. White Sox trying to win the ball game. And a line drive base hit to left field. Abreu to third. They're waving him home. The throw to the plate by Velasquez on a couple of hops. Is in time. How about that? Velasquez with an outfield assist. Line drive to left field. Velasquez diving no catch. Way. Oh man, what a play! Vince Velasquez just made this made sure this was only a one-run deficit. We had the diving catch in there also. Congratulations to Vince. That's awesome. You're pitching. You're playing left field. Great job. 
Uh, and great job by the White Sox getting a victory last night, ending the slide at four. Sox at Phillies coming right on up here. Pre-game right around the corner, 720 WGN. Thank yous today to Jason Benetti on the program, Matt Skoll, and our friend Danny Farquhar as well. Big time show today. Good job, Curtis Koch, producing. Thanks to Andy Mazur for jumping in here as well. And Andy's got the pregame show in a little bit here, actually one minute from now. Do want to mention one other congratulations to Nick Madrigal, who started the year in Winston-Salem and was struggling and people were complaining all over Twitter. What's wrong with Madrigal? Madrigal sucks. He's never going to be good. He's too short. He's never going to hit. Then he started hitting and rolling and then he got promoted to double A Birmingham and then he didn't stop hitting and was rolling a double A and this week he gets promoted to triple A Charlotte one step from the big leagues and in his first game gets off to a great start drives in a run Two out single, scoring a run as well. Nick Madrigal uh, looks like he is going to be another White Sox at guaranteed right field next season. Andy Mays gets a pregame show right now, 720 WGN.